and welcome to the Hales Owen Apostolic Church. Apostolic meaning what God says, not what man thinks. Please enjoy this teaching, and if you want more, visit the website at halesowenapostolicchurch.org. We've prayed for healing, we've prayed for country, for many things, Lord. And now we ask you to bless us again. Open our ears, our hearts, our minds, and let us see what the Spirit is saying to us this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Okay. This morning's sermon, we are going to be talking uh, from Romans 12 about us being a living sacrifice. Hallelujah. Who loves sacrifice? Yeah, we haven't got, have many, yeah, got many volunteers here, have we? Hallelujah. Well, we need to. We need to understand the power of sacrifice. Let me just give you a tale before I read the scripture, shall I? Many years ago, we had a minister's meeting and we were just chatting away before the, you know, the, the church business started. And they were all, all, the pastors were saying what they'd sacrificed for the Lord. You know, all the time, some people said they'd sacrificed their career to become, um, to become a minister of God. And people were going around the table, you know, just, just giving their things, why, you know, what they've sacrificed. And it came to me and one of the pastors said, Mark, Mark, you haven't spoke, you know. Come on, you must have sacrificed something. And I struggled. I struggled to tell them what I'd sacrificed. I said, I, I'm really struggling with this. And I, you know, and some of the elder, elder pastors, older than me, because I was quite young then, hallelujah. And, and they said, oh, Mark, you've been all over the world. You've left your wife, you know, behind. You've, you've done all these things. You haven't been to work and you've just gone, you know. I said, what? I said, I know that. I said, but what I've learned and how the Lord is changing me for going to these places, I've found that I've sacrificed nothing and gained everything. Well, we had a tremendous time of repentance as the people realised, we actually sacrificed nothing. We sacrificed nothing. Thank you, my darling. It's incredible, isn't it? You know, and I'm, I thank God you've seen that. That's just amazing. For everything we do for the Lord, he gives everything we do for the Lord. He gives. And what's even worse on this sacrifice, <laughs> it gets worse, is that we, we actually don't have to sacrifice anything really. A bit of emotion, a bit of time. Physically we could sacrifice a bit of hard work. But yet, 
in doing anything for the Lord. He gives. And how much does... Well, here we go. And how much does he give us? Come on, then give the scripture someone. What, what do they do? Press down. Shake and go on. And fill to overflowing. So, a living sacrifice to God. Romans 12, 1 and 2 is where I'm going to read from. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world. And, and, you know, when we talk about the world, it's the world and the way it is and its systems. Now, if you think the world and its systems is not of God, got it? Don't be conformed to what Satan wants you to be. How's that one? Is that strong enough? Hallelujah. (laughs) But how? Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Why? That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Amen. So that's the passage we're going to preach from this morning. Here we go. People have so many different ideas of what a Christian is or what they should be like. Ask ask people and, and what they should be. And most of the time, it is what they think. Why? Because that is the way they think it is. Amen? Amen. How many times have we heard from the Lord, stop thinking what it is and find out what it is in the Word? Amen? It's so important because most of the people that I speak to only give me their opinion. Opinion isn't fact. Fact is what's in the Bible. The only truth that we have that we can stand on. Why? We might ask, it's quite simple really, most people want to fit God into their life. Just fit him in in a box. You know, I'll go to church and I'll I'll go to Bible study and I've done my bit, tick. That's it. That's why they want it to be like that. And you know, because it's where they want to be and what they want to do in their life that makes them follow what the world says because it's much easier for them. They haven't got to put themselves out at all. And as we've already seen, we don't put ourselves out for God. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a put yourself out for God statement, shall I? Sell all what you've got and give it to the poor and follow me. You've got more than most people in the world. Two thirds of the world is poorer than you. And that's for someone who said they've got nothing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Right. It's important. It's not about the riches of the world, is it? It's about us. It's about what we do, what we want to do with life. But you see, I've found a life that's very different to any of that. 
any, anything different being a follower of Christ is probably the opposite end of what everyone thinks. Because they ain't got a clue. We've had this truth revealed, of course, and those people in there had their own view of Christianity. Nothing what the Bible says. It's amazing, isn't it? When I first ever went to church, I just went. I went after we lost our son because the vicar came to see my wife every single day for about two months to comfort her. And I thought, what a nice chap he was. And I went to that church for a while. I went, I listened, I sang the songs, I got up and, got up and down when they told me to, and did whatever the vicar asked us to do, finish the service, have some tea and biscuits and cake, have a chat with some people and I went home. And I'm sorry, I'm not being disrespectful. That's what my church experience was. And when I look back, I could see it never affected my life at all. Not a bean. Not a bean at all. I didn't, didn't stop me doing anything. I was still a brewery salesman. And that should tell you enough. I don't have to explain any more. I sold beer, wines and spirits. And of course, you know, being a salesman, I had to sample the wares. Hallelujah. And that's the nicest way I'm going to put it. You can have it. Your imagination won't go anywhere wrong, I promise you. Anywhere wrong what you, what you think of that as well. And of course, I took part in the social functions. We had a great social functions, you know. And guess what? Mark being the brewery rep, we supplied quite a lot of beers, wines and spirits to the church hall so the people could, could have a better social function. You see? Sinners didn't even know. I thought I was doing well. I thought I was doing well. But <laughs> communion was a ritual. I can see that now. I didn't know that then. But communion was a ritual. Uh, the same thing said every week. And when the vicar prayed, and then the vicar prayed for our forgiveness. There's nothing in the Bible about that. I, only, I didn't know this till many, many years later. But I can look back and see what happened. Uh, but when I did see what happened with these this, this scriptures, these things that, that, that are really real and the truths that I, that I hadn't had, nobody had really told me, then I could see that, you know, that this, born, this being born again, exactly following what the Bible tells us, it changed my life completely. It wasn't, my, mine was not a uh, put a toe in and test it and see. Immediately, I got up every morning at five o'clock to study. And I, what did I know? Nothing. I just read and studied and, you know, was follow, trying to get things off, you know, off people. What can I read and what can I do? And I ended up with loads of books. That didn't help me. I promise you. It was, they were very difficult. I couldn't, I had to use a dictionary with one of the books every ten words to understand what the sentence was, you know. So that, it, didn't, it didn't help me. But <laughs> while I was learning, I began to, I began to really love what the words were saying and, and, and hoping they were true. Okay? Only hoping. So I'm just telling you, I, I used to think, God, if this is true, this would be an amazing life. If it was true. If not, I know it's true because I didn't know it was true. And, you know, but it showed me. It showed me how many thoughts I had that were wrong. Not what I thought. And I kept saying, this is really totally against everything I think. The whole way I lived, the way I spoke, <laughs> what I did to people, how I treated people, how I treated my wife, 
Oh, it, it was just complete, you know, and it really made me a, an incredibly difficult time just keep reading this and go, dear me, you know, I thought I was a good chap. And this is telling me I'm not. But you know, I can stand here and say I'm thankful. I'm thankful, not only to God, but all those people he put in my life. And people say, well, did they love you, Mark? I says, most of them rebuked me, reproved me, corrected me, and instructed me. Why? I was a bit of a terror. I really didn't take too much kindness to people who wanted to tell me I was wrong in anything. Mm. Correct, Kevin, even if I was... But you know, that's when these things that I was reading and I could see in other people, that mercy they had on people, no matter what they did, did, did against them. And you know, that, how, they forgive, how they forgave me for just even shouting at them and rebuking them and, and, and saying things like, you think you know it all, you do. There was even one man, my mentor, his surname was Wright. W-R-I-G-H-T. And I remembered when he used to be tr trying to get me to listen to him, you know, that I would use his name in a different way. And I'd say, you always think you're right or you're not. You're wrong sometimes. And he's as good as gold. He'd say, that's okay, Mark. I can understand that. Just tell me where. Mm. Mm. But you know, <laughs> I'm so thankful for my wife as well. <laughs> and those who are married will know that sometimes our wives are the most helpful but we don't think they are we just think they're a pain and just running us down all the time but you know she used to tell me when she thought I was being boastful pig headed and know it all and several other things that men do that women don't like. Hallelujah. <laughs> I could see it. Yep. What was my flesh like when all this was happening? It wasn't very happy. But when you realise, when that revelation comes to you that these people are not hurting you, they're trying to show you the way of Christ, so you can receive the blessings that we all want, the joy and the peace and the righteousness and, and learning how to live properly and forgiving and no matter what people do against you that you, that you can love them, you know. And, and, and it's really opposite of our nature. That's the problem we have. So what was happening to me, you know, the scripture says that God does a lot of pruning on us. Um, and that's what he was doing because if he can prune off the dead wood and all the stuff that we, he doesn't like we actually can produce more fruit in, in our life it's okay there are only people everyone hallelujah praise God it's, it's important and that he's, what he's taking away the things that are dead in our life that doesn't allow us to be alive for Christ so that's what it is so it allowed me to be more fruitful in my, in, in my life and of course we all know God looks for, looks for willing vessels. Willing, that's all he looks for. He doesn't look for the, 
the mighty, the clever, the, you know, the, the, the most wonderful prayer people. He doesn't look for any of that. He just looks for people to be willing that they, they will do what he asks them to do. Was it easy? Did I make mistakes? Did I struggle? Did I get hurt? Did people mock me? Did I give up? That's it, isn't it? Then you know it's God. You know it's God that's working in you when, you when you can get to that stage that no matter what they say and what they do, you won't give up. You'll try your best to do what's correct, even sometimes keeping our mouths shut. Hallelujah. I've got, to, I've got to be careful I don't look at anyone when I say that. I know, sorry. I, I didn't want to look at anyone in particular, but... I could see all your eyes looking at me. I'm thinking I better put my head down so I don't, you know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If I looked at you, I didn't mean to just pick you. (laughs) It's for everyone. Oh, Lord. Something inside me always said, no, 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 Mark. You know, and I I know what it is now, but in those days, you know, I didn't realise that was the spirit of God just trying to stop me being my normal self as a flesh man. But you know, it's yet again, it's the day that we have the revelation that the trials, the tribulations and the tests that we have are not there to hurt you. They're there to make you wiser, to make you stronger, to give you more faith to give you more trust in God. Because when we don't know where to go, we have to go to him. And when we haven't got the answers, it's okay. It's okay. We just wait upon the Lord. And that's what the church is here for, isn't it? The church is here to be a family, to support each other. And when you get that revelation, you you don't just pop into the church and just do church. You're popping in to see your new relatives, your new family. Now, listen to this one carefully. If your family are not saved, you will not see them in heaven. Amen? Amen? Okay. You'll see this family who make it. A bit... That in one respect, but it should also tell us, let's just keep going. Don't give up. Amen. And whatever you do, don't give up. Not only will he make you stronger, it's just so wonderful. He'll make you more humble. Isn't that amazing? We always think strength is power and everything else. And yet the strength in forgiveness the strength in mercy, the strength in admitting our faults, the strength in confessing our faults one to another, the strength in actually saying, that's, you know, when somebody says that's wrong and they can show you in the scripture it's wrong, thank you. That's the strength of being this born again Christian. And of course, We know what all this is from. This is the fruit of the Spirit that our Jesus has given us, the character of God, that love, the faith, 
that spirit inside us working, the patience, the kindness, the gentleness, the self-control, the generosity of each one of us for each other. This is believing that God is real, isn't it? This is believing God is real. When we do what he asks us to do and we see the results of what he's asking us to do in our life and in others. It's the only truth we actually need. We don't need to read a thousand books on self-help and anything else. So dear me, this was not the picture of church that I grew up with. I only went to church once in my life for a, for a period of time. And nothing, nothing like I experienced in my short time. So I'm so thankful today. I am where I am with you and, of course, with God. That's why Paul said, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Present yourself to God to be that person that he can use. What are you sacrificing? A bit of time? And if you sacrifice a bit of time to do some of the Lord's work, what was you going to do in that time? Not a lot. Because we all make time to do what we really want to do. So simple, isn't it? Holy, except all which is your reasonable service. Okay. This is magnificent pa passage of scripture for me. It, it, it certainly began to tell me that this is the life of a Christian. This sort of stuff in Romans, this is the life of a Christian that we've got to follow. Not, not just bits here. It, 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 it's amazing. And, it, and, and, and it, it's, it's God's kingdom. That's what Christianity is. It's not what people make Christianity. It's just what God has told us Christianity is, to be Christ-like. And so each one of us grow more to be like Christ so we can say we're a Christian. When people ask me, Mark, are you a Christian? Do you know what my answer is? I'm trying. I'm trying. Why, why, why can't I say to me, oh, yes, I am. I'm the perfect, man, here we go. I'm the per no way. I'm trying. I'm just like you. I fail. I slip up. I make mistakes. I get angry. I have a temper. And when I'm tired, don't, don't challenge me. I'm sorry. I'm just being really honest with you. I have to have rest. Paul is imploring us, begging us, asking them to listen, calling to them to find out what they should be doing with Christ. And it's quite difficult for some new Christians to hear all this. I think, what? As they begin to read and study the Bible, as they're being taught by mature Christians, filled with the Spirit, so many things, it becomes a little bit daunting. Oh, my Lord, I've got to read all this this week, and I've got to know it because I'm not going to be a Christian. One step at a time, sweet Jesus, that's all I ask of you. Amen? Amen? A bit daunting. So God knows what he's doing. That's the big, big one here. God knows what he's doing with every single one of us. He knows it. He knows how to build your faith up. He knows what you know. And when you speak and you do things wrong, he knows that. And that's why he puts you with somebody that can actually correct you. Anybody like correction? Well, you've got to love it. You've got to love it. You've got to love correction because God only chastises those that he loves. 
He can only chastise those children that are in his church, that are being there, that are trying to be the people he wants them to be. You don't go to church, you don't do the things of God, he will not chastise you, you already left him. Anyone who says they're a Christian and stays at home and tells you, they say their prayers every night, God will probably not answer 99.9999999999 reoccurring. Don't kid yourself. Paul asked the Romans to present their bodies, to offer this body of God, to use it, to be able to give these scriptures out, to help people, to do the ministry of helps, to be kind, to show that God is inside us because we've changed. We, you know, with, with that, our words have got to be seasoned with salt. We've got to show love and kindness and forgiveness wherever we go. Uh, it's not about me, Jesus. It's about you. It's about his word. It's about, and you know, people, people, the, you know, most people when they first come to church, most of them are the I can't people. They are. They're the I can't. I can't speak in front of me. I can't remember scriptures. I can't, I, oh, I can't witness. I can't, I can't study. I can't, I can't, I can't remember. Oh, I can't give. Oh, I can't forgive. Gazan. <laughs> and yet God is the can do saviour <laughs> he can do wow Lorna has gone straight straight to the straight to the quicker straight to the pointed spear I can I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me isn't that beautiful? So all of you who can't, that's right, you can't. He can. All he needs is a willing vessel. Don't have to be full of every scripture. Don't have to be holy. Don't have to be all those things that we can, we can see because none of us are. But we're trying then. We're trying. We're on the walk. We're on the walk with God. We're on the communion with God day by day. We're saying our prayers. We're reading. We're reading. We're studying. We're helping one another. We're doing the things of Christ. And then when we do the things of Christ, he pours out his blessings upon us. Where does it say in the Holy Ghost, that he, in the Bible I should say, that the Spirit will only be a, a, a bit of a sprinkling? He said, I shall pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. I shall, I shall bless my children. I'll bless them with wealth. I'll bless them with kindness. I'll bless them with happiness. I'll bless them with hope. I'll bless them with every treasure of heaven that I have got in the Bible. If you'll just listen. Listen to me. And that's all Paul's saying to the Romans. Oh, he called you exactly as you are. He called you because he knew you. He called you because he's seen what trouble you was in. He sent someone there to help you out of the place you were, whether you was at church, whether you, whether you was not at church. He sent you to, to give you a way of life that is so different from the way that you're in right now. And he did it because of love. Not to hurt anyone, 
Not to show them how bad they are. He doesn't need to do that. We know. We know what we do. We know what we say. We know what we think. We know how we've hurt people. We know the words sometimes that come out of our mouth are not right. And we're not even going to say what we think. Man, it's a cesspit our brain. It's a cesspit. <laughs> so, the most beautiful thing about the Lord, um, it tells us in John 3, he wants to change us. <laughs> oh, dear me, isn't that beautiful? Thanks, Lord. You know, you know, if you don't think you need changing, you need changing. It's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. We don't have to be really clever. But offering ourselves, that's something we have to do. We have to begin to begin to live for him. So it's so important that all these trials and tests, all the things that we disagree with and everything else are only there to give us the truth, to strengthen us. Isn't that wonderful? <laughs> no wonder Paul was, I beseech thee, I implore you, I beg you, I beg you, I beg you to do this. Change is inevitable. Sorry. People say they don't like change. I love change. I've got to change every day. I even change my clothes. We love change. We've got to love change. It's inevitable. Look over the last 50 years, you old ones. Amen. Even you youngsters, you've seen rapid changes in, in the world. Technology has just gone crackers. You've seen that. We can't keep, I can't keep up with it. And I don't want to actually. Hallelujah. I want some youngsters to help me. Yes. You youngsters have got to be the energy of the church. So that's you, Ethan, and you children. Who's the youngest adult here? Is it, is it Lisa and Clint? <laughs> you see, Lord, they can't even, they can't even add up. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Incredible. That's what. Amen. Remember this. When we accepted this plan of salvation, we accepted Jesus as our Lord and Master. And when we accept him as our Lord and Master, then the servants of the Lord and Master obey what the Lord and the Master tells them. You know, back in our ancient times, if you were Lord of the Manor and your, and your servants didn't obey you, guess what? I'd put you in prison or killed you. They didn't grab much rebellion, I promise you. Thank God that it's Jesus <laughs> who just wants the best for us. He did all that so we could be those lively stones that he wants us to be. Lively stones, he said. I want you to be lively stones. We're cleansed. We're cleansed every day by our repentance. We're cleansed by reading the word. We're cleansed by the blood of Christ. We're cleansed by the spirit. It's all these things. He's cleansing us each day so that we can be growing in Christ. So we know that's why we go through a daily, daily repentance. That's why even Paul the apostle turned around and said, I die daily. I die to my flesh daily. I do. I do. Why? Because God has got to be able to have his way in us. 
This is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. This is the temple of the Holy Spirit. This is a temple that we meet in as a place and the Spirit of God comes. But he tells each one of us, you're my temple of the Spirit because the Spirit is inside you. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you've had from God and you are not your own? Well, that's a rude awakening, isn't it? We do what we want to do. Mm. For you were bought at a price. Jesus died on the cross so that you could have the beautiful plan of salvation, have a hope for heaven, and be rewarded for everything you do for Christ upon this earth. Isn't that a deal? Is that, am, I, am I reading this wrong? Is, is that the deal? Mm. Therefore, each one of us glorify God in our body and in our spirit, which are God's. Isn't that fascinating? We're God's. He called us. He filled us. taught us forgave us, put up with every one of us. And he's not finished. He's not finished with any of us. Was that, was that, was that an Irishman joke? And there's more. Some Irishman used to say, and there's more, and there's more. But there's more. More of God. Much more than you could ever think or imagine. Because God's transform is to make us different, to think different, to act different, to speak different, to command us to love one another. Think of us being a family and not being selfish, not being on your own, but sharing with each other. Not only the good things, but the trials and tribulations to know what we're going through so we can help. And yet the glory and the honor and all the wonderful things that should be happening in our lives and in our homes when the people of God begin to please him. That's when it hammers. That's when it needs us. <laughs> Does anybody, anybody know the story of the potter in the Bible? The potter and the, and the clay? Well, I used to laugh uh, because I said, how many times can God take that pot that he was making and smash it back up, stick more water in it and start again? You know, I always remember the, the, the chap that I was asking, he said, why do you want to know that for, Mark? And I said, because I think he's been smashing me so many times. <laughs> he said, you know, you know and, and, and I felt like that. And he said, Mark, until you begin to look like him. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that beautiful? The Bible talks about people living for God but only giving lip service. And he wants heart service. He wants these, he wants these lively sounds. Lively. And what did Kevin call us? Should we, what should we should be? Oh, here we go, Sharon. Enthusiastic for God. 
1 Peter 2, 1, 5 says this. Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile, hypocrisies, envies, and all evil speakings, as newborn babes, as newborn babes, desire the milk of the word, that you may grow thereby. If so be, you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. To whom coming as unto a living stone, uh, this is Jesus, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. He's the stone. He's the rock. And one day, you know, he will, he, he'll come as this rock and he'll destroy every religion upon this earth. He becomes like a mountain and crushes every other religion. We have to fall upon the rock now. Father, forgive us. Help me to be this person you want me to be. I'd rather fall on the rock and get God's help than be crushed by it. We can't do it alone. That's why he's anchored us in, into the church. We know we're anchored to him. When we're in the spirit, we're anchored to God. I mean, he says we're, we're actually anchored into the holy place with God. Isn't that amazing? And I love that picture of the anchor of us having our anchor in there. And I said, that means he's got this big chain on me. He's got this big chain and it's anchored in there, you know, and you could move around a little bit. You know, you could go over it a little bit. And you come over here, you know, I'm, I'm thinking one of the days God goes, Poof, you know, like, you know, like you're a dog on the leash, you know, he's trying to get, Poof, and he pulls you back. We've got to thank God for that. You know, not, not go, oh, no, look what I've done. It's, it's, it's incredible how we're joined by him. And it gives us so many pictures of how we join with him. We can't do this alone. Not, no man is an island, the Bible says. Not one of us can make it on our own. Yeah. So all these people who stay at home and say, I pray, and, you know, and I do this, oh dear me, way off, way off. Our job here is to love and help and support and minister to one another. We've got to start doing more of that. It's truly amazing. We don't think like that. <laughs> we think popping to church is enough sometimes. Don't, I'm only telling you what I've gone through. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not, you, don't you dare look at me as anything else but going through exactly the same trials and tribulations because the Bible says that, hey, don't think it's only you going through it. Your, brother have already, your brethren have already gone through that. It's amazing, isn't it? So it's not about being clever or anything else. It's just being realistic. Why? Because he wants us to be this is the most incredible thing. We all get, oh no, this is depressing. Oh, he wants me to do this and he wants me to do that. Well, you can. I don't want you to be upset. I want you to see that, hey, I have so much to give you. If you want it, come this way. That's all it is. And guess what he says? And when you're with me, don't worry. I'm with you. Every step of the way. Transformed, changed by the renewing of our mind. Next time you think you've got something right, check. Amen?
Next time you, what you think is what is right, check. Ask someone. Oh dear, ask, and you shall receive. Don't ask because you think you're right. You'll probably be wrong. And it's better to ask. It's be <laughs> I can see people looking sideways at each other here. It's just just so fascinating. You know, that's us. Well done. That's us. We can't do it alone. Here we go. Let's just read a bit more from Romans and I'll finish. Serve God. For I say through the grace given to you, this is in, in Romans, whole chapter, finishing off in the whole chapter of Romans. For I say through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly. Do it right. Look at yourself with it through the eyes of God. As God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members don't have the same function, we're all different. We've all got a part to play in the body of Christ. No matter what you think, God said, we all have a part to play. He's give you a measure of faith. And if you want more, exercise your faith. Exercise your faith. And you don't do that by just moving a finger, something in your mouth and preaching this gospel and teaching and doing the things to help one another and people and doing it for Christ, not because it makes us feel good. We get feel good because we've done it for Christ. Amen? Amen. Yes, I know we're doing good, but because we do it for God, it will be blessed from Him. We get our satisfaction from helping people. But when you're a Christian and you're doing the godly things, not only does He bless the person that He's with, God blesses him or she, man, okay, whoever's done it. So it's so important. Each of us, each of us have got gifts no matter what we say. And if it is prophecy, prophesy in proportion of your faith. You see, God's incredible, isn't he? He doesn't want us to come out, whoa, I'm going to prophesy now. The end of the world is tomorrow. Oh, God. We know that's not prophecy. But we can prophesy to one another about, I believe you're going to be healed today in Jesus' name. Ministry, exhort, teaches, leads, leads with diligence, show mercy, let love be without hypocrisy. We've got to love each other. I say to people, you know, that, you know, I say, do you love me? Yes. You see, I've got no answer. I've got no answer. Hold a minute. I'm going to, might as well go and ask these people over here. <laughs> Hallelujah. Do you love me? then show me. Do you love me? Well, then show me. Do you love me? There it is, Dave. That's where we're getting to. You love me? You love each other? We feed the sheep. We take part in the body of Christ. Just a little bit more. <laughs> Cling to what is good. Have all here evil. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. In honour, giving preference to each other. And this is for all of us, not lagging in diligence. We don't do nothing, we're lagging. We don't do it with all. What's the Bible say? Whatever you do, 
do it heartily as unto the Lord. That's fervent in spirit. Amen? Serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in the tribulation, continuing steadfast in prayer, distributing to the needs of the saints. Given to hospitality. Isn't that amazing? We're supposed to be helping each other. We're supposed to be hospitable to each other. It's not about living in each other's homes. That's definitely not it, because God calls those busybodies. But helping one another. Anybody been helped this week? Okay. Has it been a Christian? Have they done good? Amen. Praise God. So we, we know it's happening, don't we? And my, my, my request to the church is very simple. Talk to me and I can help you. Is that correct, Lorna? Yeah. <laughs> Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. Don't set your mind on high things. Be of the be, be, be not wise in your own opinion. So important. Repay no one for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. And if it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him a drink. For in doing so, you will heap coals of fire on his head. When we pray, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so in earth. This is God's will for all of us. This sermon today is God's will for every single one of us to be those people he has called us to be, to get out of our flesh, to be his people, so he can bless us and can be with us and can heal us and can guide us and lead us and teach us with the Spirit, by the Word, and being hospitable to one another, and preferring one another, all those beautiful things, so that God can be seen within this church. Then we shall grow. In Jesus' name. Amen.